Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie's here. It's Formula One. We are back in action. It is spa week. Hopefully we actually have a race this year or a um, more than a parade lap where Nikita Mazepin ends up with the fastest lap. But before <laughs> there's rain on the forecast again. Is there really? Yeah, I mean I feel like there's always rain on the forecast at Spa, yeah. but I don't know. That's what I was seeing earlier. And hopefully we 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 haven't heard like did did those people ever get like refunds or did they get completely shafted? We never heard anything. No, I'm pretty sure we heard that they didn't get refunds. Yeah, weren't they going to give them like fifty percent? Ah, it was like something like that wasn't a refund, but they were trying to like be like, oh, you can have like an autograph hero card of like Andreas Seidel, like something like really cheesy. No offense to Andreas. Let me Seidel. see what they're getting yeah they're getting compensation in terms of not a refund but obviously this was last year so i guess we forgot they can oh yes uh they can enter for a prize draw for like tick grandstand tickets for this year oh and it was like yeah but listen to this so anyone who had a ticket for the sunday last year no refund yeah but they were allowed to enter a prize draw for either 100 silver grandstand seats for those who have bronze tickets okay. this year. Yeah. I don't, and then, or 50 gold grandstand seats for people who had silver tickets, and then 20 VIP seats for gold ticket holders this year. So, very few people, it's 170 in total, are actually going to win anything of the thousands that got screwed. Awesome. All right. Well, before we talk news and make predictions and all that stuff have to get to trivia i actually did have trivia last week it was in the form of a tiktok and i'm an idiot and just like didn't put two and two together there so full blame on me for that one who holds the record for the number of p2s in one season how many p2s was it and what year was it hmm i gotta think about that for a second Um, that's interesting. Like, not the most second place finishes in history, right? Just in one season. Okay. Uh, damn, I have no idea. I think I'm just gonna have to guess on this one. Okay. Um. I honestly thought this would be an easy one. How many second places in a season? Yeah, by one guy. 
is it Nico Rosberg no. or Valtteri Bottas? It is Bottas. Like one of them. Yeah, it is Bottas. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many it's going to be. I feel like he... this is going to be in one of those years where no one was even contesting the championship really against Mercedes. Uh, so let's say there were like 20-ish races. Let's say he has like 11 or 12. The answer would be seven. Races. Seven or seven only. Seven or eight. I I don't remember exactly. It's seven or eight. And okay. it was in 2018. Yeah. So is that a year that he? No, I think. Did he win any races no, in 2018? I think that was I the one remember. year with Mercedes. He didn't win anything. Oh really? That was that yeah, year. I'm almost positive of that one. The TikTok does not cover that, but let me hold on. Pulling up both. I am pretty sure see. of that one. Let me look. 2018. Yep, you're right. He didn't win a race. He had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yep, seven second places. And then a third, and then the rest were like mostly in the points, but not on the podium. Yeah. Cool. He finished fifth in the championship that year. Who beat him? Vettel was second. I know that. I remember that. Who else was up there? Yeah. Hamilton was first. Yeah, then Raikkonen was third. Okay, okay. And Max was fourth. Okay, was that Max's second year? I thought Max started in 2014 or something. I thought it was 2016. Max has been in for a long time. Okay, I'm going to look that one up. You pull up the first bit of news. Okay. Also, I'm pulling up Max right now, actually. Oh, first entry was 2015. Okay. He was a test driver for Toro Rosso in... 2014 but his first full season was 2015. he's a test driver at 12 years old uh i mean he was born in what year i'm, I'm slightly 90s. exaggerating he's 2097 so yeah i think he would have been like 17 or something right yeah i think <coughs> excuse me i think his rookie year he was 17 because the... he didn't even have his his license yeah because they had to make that super license think... bullshit after after he entered the sport yeah okay what do we got up all right, so the first bit of news is, I guess, that this weekend we're going to see the introduction of that um, aerodynamic oscillation metric introduced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the ride height is going to be set, like a certain lowest ride height, I guess. And then there's also going to be a minimum ride height. And then there's going to be tighter controls to curb what the FIA is calling these flexing floors. Right. And so basically what that is, is the wooden planks underneath the car that have titanium on the ends of them. They're allowed to flex. I think it's up to like two millimeters. And there have been some speculation that Red Bull and Ferrari, among possibly other teams, have it flexing more than that, um, especially in, I guess, places not monitored by the FIA so that they get less porpoising because they're not getting as much like you know touching the ground to get rid of that downforce the ground effect all right let's see how much of a difference it makes yeah the thought is that it's going to bring mercedes closer yeah george russell actually had some quotes saying like this might be what we need but well yeah we'll have to see because i don't know if it's going to make that big of a difference yeah, I but. I listen. It's it's all 
things that were probably needed and I don't know, maybe, maybe not to this degree, but how much difference is it going to make at this point in the season where teams have had a lot of time, you know, they've had essentially a month or two at this point to prepare for these changes. So and listen, you know, Ferrari probably screwed up. They're probably building like a canoe right now because they, they don't remember what they do anymore. So did you see that Ferrari made a TikTok about tire strategy? No. And, and they've been ridiculed because they're like, why would Ferrari teach anybody about tire strategy? I just thought I would share that tidbit there. No, I'll have to go watch that. We can t- continue on now. I'm sorry. Okay. So other news that is kind of interesting, but just kind of funny to talk about is that um, we now know what Michael Massey is set to do. Oh, he is going to be the new chairman of the Australian Supercars Commission. So I guess he was part of Supercars before he came to the FIA. Um, and I guess the, the the board there or whoever's in charge is firing um, the current chairman, Neil Crompton, because people wanted to bring Massey in. So it's been real supercars, but your series will now go down in flames of poor decision-making amongst rules, and that's all I have to say about that one. There's also something called the South Australian Motorsport Board that he's been nominated to, um, and I guess that is part of... South Australia, which is a state in Australia, their government's commitment to bringing back an Adelaide street race for supercars. Okay, I mean, cool. Whatever. Listen, I hope I hope he's learned many lessons, and they is successful. That's that's about all nice I can say. And stop with the death threats online, people. Let's let's be realistic. That's still happening. I'm sure it is. I mean, have you seen? Formula One fans, they don't tend to let things go very easily when they've beaten the, the horse 100,000 times. Well, yeah, I got into one of a rare, you yeah. know, like responding to a troll the other day because I felt it necessary. And my tweet actually got a decent amount of attention. And, and I think we saw that the person, it was a very anonymous account with very few followers, actually ended up deleting the account. So I take that as a win clapping sound clapping sound next piece of news is that mclaren f1 driver lando norris wants to try rallying after the f1 career is over again he's super young so this would be in a really long time and i don't know necessarily if he's ever tried rallying but anyone who wanted him to potentially you know we we like to talk about potentially IndyCar drivers, right? Like the F1 drivers retiring and moving to IndyCar. Doesn't sound like Lando's interested in that. He wants to do rallying instead if he's going to do any other type of racing. That's fine. See you, Lando. You can take your annoying fans (laughs) with you too. (laughs) You just triggered a lot of people. Yeah, listen, we're recording on Monday because I have to travel tomorrow. So I am, you know, Monday levels of cranky right now. And it's been a long day and... I'm still recovering from the lack of sleep from this weekend, so I'm just listen. Let's just trigger all of them. I mean, we saw Kimmy try rallying for a few years there. What was it like after he retired from F1 the first time? Yeah, and he he didn't do all that great. So I don't know how it would go for Lando, but I mean, we saw Kimmy 
take a stab at NASCAR this weekend, and it ended up in tears, unfortunately, because I don't know. Was that his? Was that his fault, or did he get wrecked? No, no. I watched a replay, and he got pushed wide and just basically sent into the tire barrier. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Once once I saw that he crashed, I deleted it out of my DVR and stopped paying attention. Yeah, I didn't end up watching the race because if he didn't even finish it, I don't really yeah. care anymore. No, not at all. Uh, I mean, I guess the, the torpedo, I don't know where he finished, but was in it, but he doesn't do the same thing for me that Kimmy participating in the race does. No, agreed. Antonio Giovinazzi, the absolute worst Formula E driver I think we've ever seen. <laughs> that was just terrible, his season in Formula E last season. Uh, and he didn't even participate in the last race of the year because his thumb was bruised. Which, apparently, I've heard from a few people that he didn't even have any, like, wrapping or bandages on his thumb going into the track for that last race. So, take, you know, take from that what you will. But, he's been rumored now that he's going to get the hot seat, the second hot seat, in place of Mick Schumacher. And to kind of add into that fuel the speculation he's going to take part in some fp1s for haas at monza and then also at coda later this year i don't like this i am sorry mr giovanazzi but that would be that would be not a good move and listen i don't think he's it wasn't a terrible f1 driver but i think you're you're throwing away a young driver who's been inconsistent for a less young driver who was equally if not more inconsistent in his alfa romeo career so what what's the point i'll tell you what the point is he's italian and so is ferrari so that's probably important to them they don't always have an italian driver right but they've tended to have some very big italian drivers over their history okay all right fair so maybe that's something big for them. I don't know if that's the reason, but he's still associated with them. And we'll have, just have to watch this and see what happens. I would think that they know what they would be getting with him at this point, but maybe they think that's somehow going to be better than what they're seeing with Mick. I don't know. All right. I can't really see yeah, it. Yeah, no, me either. That's fine. <laughs> you sound so excited. Yeah, I, I really... I. I am, I am not in as bad a mood as, as I am portraying right now, but I am totally burnt out right now. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see, they've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant, Payne Stewart, Flojo, Phil Hughes, Justin Fashionu. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star, a new series from Crowd Network.
Okay, we don't have that much more news, but I found a couple interesting, I don't know, quotes and tidbits that I want to just get your thoughts on. So Albon has said that the value of success is the main difference between Red Bull and Williams. Say, say that again. Alex Albon has yeah. been quoted to say that the value of success is the major difference between Red Bull and Williams. So basically, if you go out in Q1, he says, but you actually felt like your lap was really good and the car was good and you maximized everything, Williams still you know, is positive about that and doesn't just crap all over you like I guess Red Bull would. So the expectations are obviously different, but I think this says a lot about the atmosphere within Red Bull, and you have to be someone like Max Verstappen, who's used to being berated constantly by your insane, I don't know, I would say mentally unstable father, to succeed there, which is why people like Pierre Gasly, Alex Albon, we know people, you know, the talented drivers, couldn't make it there, maybe. It's a mental thing. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to disagree, especially when you mix in doofus helmet Marco and... Yeah, every, exactly. every other doofus is associated with the Red Bull. I, one hand, want to say, like, yeah, well, you're in Formula One. You're, you're there to succeed. You're not there to do a Q3 lap and or a Q1 lap and, and get eliminated and go, oh, shucks, better luck next time. So, like, I think part of that is, like, you know, just, just grow up and deal with it. <laughs> Frank Williams definitely wouldn't have felt that yeah, way. Yeah, I, I just, I don't. He was pretty hard. I, listen, I don't like Sir Frank. Yeah, Sir Frank. Sorry. I think Red Bull is very toxic, obviously, but I also yeah. think that, like, you know, if if you can't handle being criticized when you're at Red Bull, one of the premier programs, then you're never going to go back to a top tier program. So I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I mean, I see your point, but I also think that teams possibly need to understand that different people and different drivers are motivated in different ways. So what works for your driver, you know, by like berating them or being harsh on them and kind of criticizing them, while that may motivate people like Max Verstappen or others who take that as a challenge, it may just completely deflate other people. All right. I mean, that's fair. I... I'm going to take the curmudgeon approach on this on this one but like you know it, you should also n- expect that going into Red Bull like this shouldn't have been a surprise to Alex Al. I don't and I don't know if it was. You know, I can't No, he didn't say anything yeah, about that. Yeah, I can't you know speak and say he he was, but But maybe it's even worse than he thought it was going to be. Yeah. I get I I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't succeed in a place like that. No, me either. But that's why we're sitting here talking so, about it. Well, yeah, but I think the majority of people probably don't succeed when you're treated that way. So it takes a rare breed. And that's why they have such trouble finding anyone who can be a successful driver in their team. Yeah. Maybe they need to take a look at that. Or maybe they won't, and they'll just continue to um, perpetuate the cycle that they've created. That's probably what will happen. Exactly. All right. Talking about problematic... Um, I don't know, I guess doofuses worldview or like mental okay. states. Yeah, yeah. Um, apparently Alonzo was quoted recently that he takes pleasure in little moments of like 
when he like uh, beats someone, even if he's not winning, right? When we see him make a great pass, um, whatever, like when he exploits his strengths and opens up weaknesses in others, he says, I need to make 100% of my thing. I need to kill what other, whatever strengths other people have. But this I do in everything I practice when I play anything. I used to play tennis, and when I play with someone good, I would put the ball very high. Because like this, you stop the rhythm of them because they are used to hitting the ball very hard. Playing with professionals, the ball rides very strong for them, and so they are used to that kind of shot. But when you put the ball high, they make mistakes. So I can play better tennis when putting the ball high. It's my only chance to beat them, so I do that automatically. It's not only on racing that I need to destroy the strengths of others and to maximize mine. I mean, he's definitely a sociopath. There's there's no doubt about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I... I The way, like, the, I need to murder you in tennis. Yeah. Like, I cannot lose is... All right. I mean, I respect someone being competitive, but like, like Mr. Alonzo, you're playing with a professional tennis player and you still refuse to lose. Yeah, like, buddy, that seems irrational. It's, it's okay. He's probably like smashing his tennis racket in half. But <laughs> I changes the rules to to make him win somehow. Oh, of course. I I don't listen. Yes, he's a sociopath. I think we. Could, we... So why is he with Alpine, or why is he going to Aston Martin? Is my question basically like I need to destroy whatever. I mean, he'll fit in perfectly with Lance Stroll, of just destroying other people's motivation and like making them feel like garbage. Uh, I mean, they'll bond over that for sure, but that's not a place where you're going to be competitive. I don't see it that. It has to be money. It has to be some sort of money, like, you know, long-term, like, hey, we'll give you X millions for, you know, a two-year contract or three-year contract or, you know, whatever it may be. But also when you retire, uh, this is total guess, you know, when you retire, um, you know, you can get blah, 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 or you can do blah, 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 or some sort of combination of the both. Right. You know, we'll pay for your uh, your world tennis career afterwards and all of the rackets you need. Uh, if you want to smash people with rackets, we'll bail you out of jail. <laughs> uh, you know, probably something like that. But I don't really hate that mentality. I have to be honest with you. I It's, it's a little extreme. You're playing devil's advocate today. Mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. It's a little extreme, but I am all here for it. He, I like a little sociopath. Listen, I don't like to lose. I really like to be right as well, which, I mean, my trivia nerddom is kind of, I guess, is <laughs> motivated by that. But there's also a point when I think you have to be smart and realize that you've lost and just do the best you can. And that's where I think you lose Alonzo a little bit. Yes. He doesn't seem to have that sense of reality where it's like this is the best i can do with what i have he expects that he can win regardless of the circumstances which that keeps you motivated i mean don't get me wrong the guy's what 41 and still hungry and that's awesome but i think it comes at a cost (laughs) yeah yeah that's fair let's go team sociopath okay now that i've (laughs) now that i've been canceled let's continue on that is actually the last piece of news I have. So I want to get into Spa now with the times real quick yeah. before we predict what's going to happen. And these times, I mean, obviously are subject to change due to weather. I hope that we get a race because that would be incredibly embarrassing. Two years in a row. Yeah. They're talking about potentially not going back to Spa after yeah. this. And I think if the weather's horrible again, 
that would be definitely a reason not to stay but it's also like one of the most classic tracks that every driver you ask what are your top favorites and most of them mention spa as one of them yeah i agree so i guess you have to just race in the rain let's do it as f1 showed they couldn't do at monaco yeah that was embarrassing that was fia's fault or race control's fault not the drivers all right practice one is going to be on Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern Time. Practice 2 is three hours later at 11 a.m. Practice 3, Saturday at 7 a.m. Qualifying's at 10 on Saturday, and the race is 9 a.m. on Sunday. I will probably miss, I will miss everything Friday, and I might, might be awake for qualifying on Saturday, but that TBD. So I will not be tweeting much if anything, F1 related this weekend. That's okay. I have the login, so I can do that. You're going to tweet like... If you trust me. Yeah, I I mean, clearly. Clearly, at this point, I think we we don't have to worry about that. I'm going to change the password (laughs) this week. Change the password, lock me out, and then start tweeting stuff and and, and writing signed host at the bottom of each tweet. (laughs) (laughs) I am tweeting from the toilet. Host. (laughs) I mean... We've all we've all been there. I mean, come on, <laughs> everybody who's listening to this episode has been there at one point. Okay, we were gonna we're gonna stop with the toilet humor, and it's spa. Everybody knows what to expect. I guess the one thing that I don't know if it's going to be for this week or, or the race after, but Red Bull's coming out with a new, decently lighter monocoque, which is supposed to shave like two tenths off their time, which seems like a huge for Max only, though. right? For Max only. Because all the updates only work for him, that's, right? That's for, the way for Sergio, go. it's going to be three tenths. <laughs> I'm in such a sarcastic mood today. For Sergio, it's going to be three tenths slower because they weighted his with Skittles. <laughs> Skittles. I don't know. So yeah, <laughs> they weighted his with all the trophies that he didn't win, <laughs> just to like deflate him even more. On that note, we you know it's. And end of summer break, so there's there's not a whole hell of a lot else going on. I think we can just dive into predictions. I think that's why I'm feeling a little bit crazy. It's like I'm a little bit stir crazy from I I didn't wait. We obviously didn't get that much sleep this weekend, yeah. not because of any like partying, but just because of covering indie. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-back training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. 